Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. God morning, Centerpoint Church! Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels so good to be back home amongst mi gente. Orale pues, that's that Rosetta Stone working for your boy. I'm honored to be with you guys. We had an amazing time first service. Uh, I really feel like that first service is your wind up. You guys got to sleep in a little bit more, so I'm expecting y'all to go off this service. Um, I'm giving you a fair warning. This is part one of a part two message I'll be completing tonight. So I'm preaching the 5 p.m. and it will be a part two to what we're doing today and we're going to go off. And so I just want to let you know we're going to have a good time this morning. I want to just begin by honoring uh, your amazing pastors, Pastor John and Pastor Ann. Can we give them a round of applause? Come on, let's show them some love. Love you, brother. People don't understand, he reached out to me at probably one of the most challenging moments of my life. Uh, Moments where I doubted who I was, moments where I was questioning whether or not God still had a purpose for me. And it's so fitting that I had, uh, you know how your, 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 your Google pops up like eight years to go today, and it gives you this memory, right? And so eight years to the day, to the day was when we had our conversation after one of the hardest storms of my life began. And so when you see how God orchestrates things, you're going to find out after today's message why God did what he did. But it's already oily up here. I just want to let y'all know that I'm great at being me. I'm terrible at being anybody else. And so uh, this morning, I, I, I was going to, I normally come in like a long sleeve and a blazer or some Chelsea boots, but I saw Pastor Aaron came in a suit like uh, well, a week ago when he preached on the service. So I was like, look, I got to go ahead and reverse that. So I'm going to just come in the tea. But I, we were so excited that we launched today. Don't feel bad. We launched our official launch of our God Morning merchandise uh, today. Wait, before you clap, hold on. They told me not to say it, but I got to be a man of integrity. Your brothers and sisters from the first service cleaned it up. (laughs) However, what they didn't get were the new hats that we're going to be bringing your guys' way and the new shirts. So I want to let you know that we have another massive order coming in. And so I'm going to make sure that we get together with Pastor John and we do what we need to do to make sure that y'all get uh, the new shirts. You get everything so that we, we don't leave you guys hanging, all right? But I do want to let you know I do have my God Morning devotional out there. You can scan it and get that as well. Um, but with that being said, all the infomercials are done. Now we're going to get into this word. Who's ready for the word this morning? If you have your Bibles, I need you to do me a favor and turn to the book of Luke. Luke. As you know, we started this series entitled Alive. And it was so fitting that we actually started this series on Easter Sunday because Jesus is and Alive. Jesus is. 
so he's alive. And so we started this on Easter, and, and as you guys started it on Easter, it was amazing. And then, and then you guys continued on, and Pastor Aaron talked about love and broke that down. And, and so I want to come from a different standpoint when we talk about alive. And I'm going to read this story in this text, and we're going to dive into it. Now, you know, before I get started, you know how your boy goes. If it's good, you can say amen. Let me hear it. Go ahead. Amen. Come on, let me hear from outside. Okay, I got y'all. I see y'all. I got love for y'all. And those of you in the foyer, I see y'all. If it's good, you can say amen. If it's really good, you can say preach, brother. Let me hear it. I like that. I like that. I like that. And then if it's like really good, like good with like 15 O's, you can stand up and lift your hands or just do the stank face. So you're like, mm, mm, mm. I'm going to take them all. Just letting y'all know. All right. So if you have your word, we can go to Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 22 and 26, through 26, and it reads like this. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall or a storm came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. Have you ever been in a storm and felt like your life was in danger? The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was, what was the word? How many of y'all would just pay for a calm right now? And all was calm. He then said to them, where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They sailed to the region of Gerasenes or Gatherings, if you're reading in the King James Version, which is across the lake from Galilee. If I had a message for this morning, it would be entitled, Can You Stand the Rain? I know some of y'all are like, yeah, can you stand up? Yeah, all right. We in church now. Some people are like, hey, that's my thing. <laughs> can you stand the rain? It's amazing how in life, one of the things that will get you to question whether or not you are truly alive is the size of the storm that you're facing. So let's dive into it. In these next moments. Are y'all okay with that? Can we do that? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these moments right now. I thank you that as I begin to speak, that you would begin to move through your children. Father, in this service are people who have a blessing, but they're in a storm. They've got a promise, but they're in a storm. And so I pray that as we begin to speak right now, as we begin to be in your presence and your atmosphere, that you would begin to calm the storms right now. I thank you, God, that you're going to show up and show out like never before in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get started, the Lord showed me something, and I got to be obedient to it. Um, Before, there, there, there are more than one people. That before you came here, whether it was last night or recently, you've been suffering from these random anxiety and panic attacks. And one of you are even feeling it beginning to ramp up. If that was you, and if that is you, that you've been experiencing random anxiety and this depression and these attacks right now, I just want you to stand up. Just stand up. 
I see you. Yeah. Yeah. When you understand anxiety, anxiety is a cocktail, if you will. Anxiety is a cocktail of worry and fear. And the anxiety you feel is a physical manifestation of the worry and the fear. There's a worry that you have as you guys are standing in this place. Is my life ever going to get any better? You're worried about your future. You're worried about your health. You're worried about your children. You're worried about things to come. Go ahead, just stay standing for a minute. I'm about to, I'm about to pray for you guys. And then there's a fear that comes with that worry. And so what the enemy does is he takes the creative gifting that God gave you to create the worst case scenario possible, and then you put your faith in that worst case scenario possible. I'm going to give you an example, and then I'm going to pray for you because the Holy Spirit told me to highlight you. We didn't do this first service, but it's important that you understand this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you all to close your eyes. You and the audience can do it as well, but you standing up, I want you to close your eyes, Okay. I want you to imagine the body of an elephant. Shake your head when you can see the body of an elephant. Beautiful. On the body of that elephant, I want you to imagine the neck of a giraffe. Shake your head when you can see the neck of a giraffe on the body of the elephant. Heads are nodding. And then on the top of the neck of the giraffe that's on this elephant, I want you to picture the head of a lion. Shake your head if you can see that image. Okay, I want you to open your eyes. There is nothing on this earth that looks like that, and yet you created it in your mind. When we feel anxiety and worry and fear, it's an indicator, listen to me when I say this, that the enemy has hijacked the creative gifting that God has given you to imagine a life worth living, a marriage worth living, a business worth dreaming, and he got you to take your creative giftings to create this in your mind for you to have this freedom and this amazing life to imagine the worst case scenario possible. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak over every mind of every person that is standing up right now. Father, we choose in this moment to take back the creative gifting to imagine their future, to imagine their freedom, to walk in complete peace right now. We take it back from the enemy, and I pray, Father, a peace that passes all understanding over their mind right now. Peace. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that your wind of refreshing and renewal is surging through their bodies right now. That they would begin to see a glimpse now of their freedom. That they would see a glimpse now that they are not in a hopeless situation. And Father, as we begin to speak and as this message continues, that you would begin to unlock new areas of freedom all the way from the back over into the overflow, all the way out into the foyer and out there in the promenade in the area where they're at and in this building. Holy Spirit, release your power right now in Jesus' name. And everybody who believes to say amen. You may be seated. Come on.
Now we can go to work. Who's ready to go to work? A couple weeks ago, I had the, the blessing and the ability to go and travel and, and speak at a conference, and I got to take my family with me. And we were on this airplane, and as we're on the airplane, you know these flight attendants, if you're a flight attendant and you're in here, please forgive me, I don't know the whole spiel, so I'm just going to kind of do my best. We're sitting down, and every flight attendant, if you know, they come on and they have to give you the rundown of when you're on these planes. So they tell you, they come on, you hear the speaker, and they say, on this plane, this plane is equipped with multiple exits, two in the back, two on the side, one the passenger, one up top, right? They just... <laughs> and then they continue and they say, in case of uh, oxygen pressure being lost inside of the cabin, you'll notice these masks will drop from the ceiling. Safely secure it over your face before you help those next to you. <laughs> on your seat, you will notice a safety buckle. Put this around you and latch it. In the case that we go down into the water, you will see a life vest. Simply put it over your head and blow into the side. In the event that we crash into the water, your seat can be used as a flotation device. Simply grab it, clutch it, and bend over and pray. Right? It's just... It's amazing that they prepare you for the worst case scenario. And what's even more amazing is that when you take off, the takeoff is never the hard part. The takeoffs are normally really smooth. You take off, you're good. Somewhere in between the takeoff and the landing, you hit this thing called turbulence. You could be killing some pretzels and the next thing you know, you're praying for your life. <laughs> so we're getting ready to land, and, and, and the pilot comes on. He goes, uh, this is your pilot speaking. We're currently right now entering into a storm area. I, I, I want you to right now go ahead and buckle your seatbelts, and you'll feel a slight jolt, and we'll land safely. So I got my kids on the plane. I'm going somewhere. Trust me. I didn't forget about where we at. As the storm begins to ascend upon us and we're going down through it to land, the whole plane starts shaking. The plane, my wife, my son, and my daughter all turning and looking at me. <laughs> and I've taught my kids something don't you panic until you see daddy panic. <laughs> Look at my face. If I'm calm, you stay calm. But if my eyes buck, buck your eyes too. Like we just... Because in the middle of the storm, my kids are looking to daddy to see if I'm really safe in the middle of my storm. There are moments in our lives where we start off in our marriage, we start off in our business, we start off with children, and everything starts off real smooth. But somewhere in the middle of where you started to where you're trying to land, a storm takes place. 
Have you ever been in a storm in your marriage? Have you ever been in a storm with your children? Yeah, hello. He's like, oh, Lord. Yes, Lord. And all the parents of teenagers say amen. Hello. In the middle of all of these things, it's amazing that as you study the text, it's important to understand that this was a prophetic message that was taking place in Luke 8. Jesus was just in Galilee amongst the Jews, and he says to them after, after his family, his mom and his brother and his sister tried to call him and get him to stop doing what he was doing, and they said, Jesus, your family is outside, and he says, who is my family? He says, but those who do the work of my father, that is my family. So he makes this distinction between his purpose and his family. And then he says these words, let us go to the other side. He tells the disciples, we're going to get in the boat and we're going to go to the other side. There are some things that I've learned about a storm that I want to share with you this morning. Is that okay? The first thing, I want you to have your notepads out. You better have a pen or a pencil. I want you, I got three points today. And then part two will be tonight. The first thing that I want you to recognize is that storms happen when you cross over to the other side. Isn't it amazing how when you were living your life before Christ, you didn't recognize any storms? But the moment you make a decision to step into what God has called you to step into, all hell breaks loose. The moment you make a decision to go and start working on your marriage and having the marriage that God created for you, all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. The moment you decide to break free from the disease to please and you choose not to people please anymore, isn't it amazing how all of these insecurities begin to come up out of your life the moment that you decide to take action and cross over to the other side? Am I talking to anybody this morning? It just blows my mind how when I was in the world, I had no problem with big storms. It, was, it blew my mind that as long as I stayed as a people pleaser because I'm a recovering people pleaser. It was amazing that the moment I decided to stop making man my God, And started focusing on who God had called me to be, that all of a sudden everybody had something to say. The moment that you begin to stand up for righteousness, the moment you begin to stand up for your business, the moment you begin to stand up in your marriage, isn't it funny how people always tell you, oh my God, you've changed? Isn't that the point? Oh, 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 you you, you forgot where you came from. No, I didn't forget where I came from. I just chose not to stay there. And it's amazing that when you make a decision to live in what God has called you to live in, that the enemy brings storms your way. And the storms only happen when you make a decision to cross over to the other side. side. Y'all with me this morning? 
So when you look at your life and you look like an indicator of a storm that you're facing, can I just bring the first sign of relief to you that the fact that you're facing a storm today is proof that you're crossing over to the other side. It's proof that God is saying, I love you, but you can't stay where you at right now. I love you, but your mind is held up. I love you, but you can't keep pleasing everybody else around at your detriment. It is a moment that you must cross over to the... I just want to make sure it's in your spirit. What's even more astounding is Jesus just told them, we're going to the other side. Is it not strange to you how God is not into details? Is it just me? God tells you, go to the other side. Jesus knew that a storm was going to come. Y'all didn't think about that? God put it on Jesus to walk over, to sail over to the other side, and he didn't give them the details of what they were going to encounter. And oftentimes when we are stepping into a season of our life where God is wanting to do something, God will tell you to step out in the worst case scenario. It is the worst time to step out, but God says, go to the other side. And in the middle of all of this, he doesn't give us the details of what we're going to encounter. He doesn't say, you know what, 10 years into your marriage, you're going to experience some of the greatest hurt that you ever had. I just want to let you know that. He doesn't tell you when you start your business, three years from now, I just want to let you know you're going to have a shady partner. They're going to come. They're going to try to, you know, do some things with some money. Just want to let you know, March 3rd, that's the day. You don't get no details other than step out and start your business. You get no details and go ahead and get married. You get no details, hey, go ahead and be a part of this church, not knowing that he got somebody lined up that's going to be all up in your Kool-Aid and know the flavor. Hello. She, that, she felt that. She said, preach. If you if you next to her, just look down. Don't even. She ain't even talking about you. But it's amazing how storms come when you make a decision to cross over to the other side. There's a couple things that I want you to know about storms that I've realized. The first thing is that storms don't always give you a warning sign. Isn't it something? You, don't need, you could be minding your own business and one text wrecks your whole world. You could be worshiping God. Jesus over every... You got the leg right here going. <laughs> Reach for your phone and get the worst news that you've ever had. It's amazing that in the middle of us trying to step over to the other side, to cross over to the other side, the storms that we face give us no type of warning whatsoever. What's even worse than that is that you don't get to pick the storms you face. And if you are a control freak, this bothers the mess out of you. When the storms hit and you can't control the storm, it bothers you. Because you told yourself in a moment of trauma 
that you found yourself out of control and you swore to yourself that you would never be in a position where you were out of control again and yet here you are trying to manage a storm that's not your responsibility to manage. It's not your responsibility to control the storm and we don't get to choose. Hey, would you rather lose your toes or lose your eyesight? Would you rather lose an arm or lose an ear? Would you rather get cancer or would you rather lose your house? Would you rather lose your marriage or would you rather lose a child? We don't get to pick the storms that we face. And yet here they come. And it wasn't until I realized, listen to me, uh, control freaks. It is not your responsibility to control the storm. It's your responsibility to survive it. It's all going to make sense. When the storms come, we have a tendency to try to control and manipulate the storm so that it works in our behavior. But you can't manipulate a storm that God allows. We think that we can get to God and change him by our emotional frustration. You know what blows my mind, Pastor John, is when we're in a storm, we use that as an excuse for us to start sinning and live a life that God hasn't called us to live. God, you didn't answer my prayer, so I'm just going to be over here in the club doing what I got to do. And if you, you didn't come through yet? Okay, well, I'm already. We, lo- we use a lack of answered prayer to be an excuse for us to live a godless life. And in the middle of these storms, God is watching you because you're trying to manipulate it and maneuver it. And God says, will you just be still in this storm and understand that it's not your job to control what you're going through. It's your job to survive it. And so we don't get to pick the storms we face. But the last thing is, this is the craziest one, is the worst time to have a storm is when you're tired. Is anybody tired today? Do you realize the devil doesn't wait until you're full of energy to bring a storm your way? Tell me I'm lying. As sure as my skin is chocolate. The enemy brings a storm and he waits until you are at your lowest moment. He waits until you're tired. He waits until people have been doing it again and again. Have you ever said these words? If one more thing happens, I am going to lose my mind. Surprise, surprise, here's the storm. He doesn't wait until you're full of energy. He doesn't wait until you get out of a church service. He he waits till the kids get on your nerves. Your husband's on your nerves. Your job isn't doing what it's supposed to do. Your business isn't doing it. And all of a sudden, that's when he hits you with a storm. Because we do foolish things when we're tired. And most of us have been tired because we've been in a storm. And the enemy knows that if I can keep them tired in a storm, they'll forget how much alive they are in Christ. We're taking off. I'm going to get there. But here's the most important thing that I want you to catch this. Here's another thing. Point number two, I want you to write this down. Every storm comes to pass. Every storm comes to pass. 
to pass. In the Bible, from Old Testament and the New Testament, you'll see, these phrase, you'll see this phrase, and it came to pass. And it came to pass after 40 days and 40 nights that the floodwaters of the earth began to subside. And it came to pass that Ezekiel stood in front of a valley of bones, dry bones. And it came to pass, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. Every major storm that ever hit this planet came to pass. Think of every major storm, Hurricane Ivan, Hurricane Katrina, El Nino, La Nina, uh, uh, Hurricane Bertha, I don't know, you name it. <laughs> Think of the biggest storms that have ever taken place on this planet, they came and passed. I just want that to marinate in your spirit right now. One of y'all going to catch it. Every storm that will ever hit your life, every storm that will ever hit your business, every storm that will come against your marriage, every storm that will try to come up against your body, every storm that comes up against your children will come to pass. You want proof? I'll give you proof. Think of a storm that you had 10 years ago that was so bad, you didn't think you were going to get through it. Raise your hand when you can think of it right now. Lift your hand. The storm was 10 years ago. Pastor John, I'm I'm, going to work this real quick. The storm was 10 years ago, but you're still here. The diagnosis was years ago, but you're still here. The pain and the trauma happened years ago, but you're still here. That every single storm that you've ever faced in your life, you're here because that storm came to And the biggest challenge that we face is we keep making permanent decisions in temporary storms. You're making decisions to uproot your family because of a temporary storm. You're making decisions whether you're going to stay with your spouse or leave their spouse because of a storm. Let me tell you something. Instead of us crying and saying, God, why me? Understand that storms come to everyone. Tall, short, big, skinny, gay, straight, everybody has storms. Regardless of who you are, everybody on this earth will go through a storm. But every storm that you go through, the difference is is who's in your boat. Think about the worst storm that was storms that I went through eight years ago was the worst storm of our life. It sent so much pain. People talked about us. People dogged us. People said lies about us. We lost a home. We lost everything. And the person had more influence than us and tried to destroy our name before we even got started. And in that moment, the pain was so bad. I was ready to call it quits. As a matter of fact, I tried to take my life. And I hear the spirit of the Lord saying that somebody here, multiple people, have been contemplating suicide because of a temporary storm. 
But every storm that you will face must come. It's coming to pass. It's not coming to stay. It's coming to I asked my wife this question as I was sharing this with her and we were talking about this moment and we were talking about where we are and and my wife brought up this statement that was so powerful. She said this. This statement changed my life. I asked God to grow me and it began to rain. I asked God to grow me and it began to rain. I asked God to grow my business and it began to rain. I asked God to change my marriage and it began to rain. I asked God to heal my children and it began to rain. God, I asked you to do something for me and now it seems like something is being done against me. God, how can this be? God, it doesn't make sense. Until I read the third and final point of my message. That everything that I know about God that really matters I learned in a storm everything I learned about God Pastor John that really matters I learned it in a storm I didn't learn it in seminary. I didn't learn it when somebody gave me praise and accolades. I didn't learn it in hermeneutics, eschatology, and exegesis. I I, I didn't learn it when everybody gave me a check. I didn't learn it in my promotion. I didn't learn it in my good times. Everything that I learned about God that ever truly mattered, I learned it in a storm. When the word of God says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I learned that when I was broke. When I learned that God would set the captives free, I learned that when I was in solitary confinement, locked down 24 hours a day, eating with my hands, I learned that in a storm. When I learned about God beginning to heal my daughter and my son, I learned it when my daughter was having suicidal thoughts and almost took her life. Everything that I learned from God that ever really matters, I learned it in a storm. How could you know that God is a healer if you've never been sick? How can you know that God gives you the ability and the power to move past and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me unless you felt weak? When you are weak, I am strong. If you've never been weak, how do you know if God is strong? Everything that I ever learned about God that truly mattered, I learned it. In a storm. I learned what it means to love your wife like Christ loves the church in the storm of my marriage. When back in the days I was a knucklehead and made stupid decisions and it was hard for my wife to be able to trust my decisions that I was going to stay there. And I was loving her and loving her and loving her and she couldn't open up. I was loving her and loving her and loving her and she wouldn't open up. I was loving her and loving her and loving her and she wouldn't open up. And finally one day I'm sitting down and I start weeping. I said, I finally get it. 
I know what it means to love your wife like Christ loves the church. And for the first time in my life, I felt the pain of God when it comes towards the church. That he lavishes us with love, but we don't open up. He lavishes us with blessings and says, come to me, but we stay distant from him. He's watching us die as we live, and he's saying, if you come to me, I can make you alive in my spirit, but we push him away to become living dead. Everything I ever learned from God that truly mattered, I learned it in the storm. There's a couple things that I want to share with you in this last point. That I learned in the storm. Can I share with you what I learned in the storm real quick? Are y'all cool with that? The first thing I learned is that storms will break your heart, but it has the ability to fix your vision. The storms you go through in your life have an ability to break your heart, but it'll fix your vision so you know what's important. It wasn't until I was laying on the operation table after I had a massive heart attack and they were doing emergency angioplasty surgery on me that my life was not one of my choosing, Pastor John. It was there on the operating table that I realized that I was so focused on trying to please people and have everybody like me that I was turning my back from being who God truly called me to be because I just wanted to be liked and accepted. And I told myself, if I told them no then it means that I can't get from them what I truly want in life until God says that I'm your source. Man can only resource what I've sourced for them. And when I laid there on the table, it was the moment that I had to come face to face with the trauma of my childhood. I had to come face to face why I was a people pleaser. I had to come face to face with me choosing man over God. I had to come face to face with me settling for less in my life. I had to realize in that moment it broke my heart. But thank God it fixed my vision. The second thing I learned is that when things seem easy, it's not that life got easier, it's that I got stronger. Let that soak in. When people look at you and say, oh my God. It's like you're not moved by anything. You got like that strength. Wow. I know you don't go through much and you don't even, you have no idea what that person went through. And it's not that things got easier in my marriage with my beautiful queen, it's just that we got stronger. It's not that things got easier in the entrepreneurial space that I'm in and and different business deals, it's just that I got a little bit stronger. Because if you've been hurt enough and you've cried enough, your skin gets a little tougher. So the next person who talks about you doesn't even matter because you got stronger through each trial that came your way. So when the haters keep talking, it doesn't phase you because the haters make room for the greater. And the only reason why they're talking behind your back is because you're in front of them. I'm trying to get you to understand something that life doesn't get easier. Life didn't get easier in prison. I just got stronger. But I learned this, why I got stronger is because I learned to build to my specifications. When God told Noah to build his boat, he told him a specific way to build his ark. Why I asked the question, why did you do that, God? And God said, because I know the magnitude of the storm that's coming your way. 
if Noah built the ark to his neighbor's specification, oh, you don't got to build it that big. It's probably not even going to come. He would have drowned in a storm he was called to soar over. Listen to what I'm telling you. Most of us are drowning in storms because we're too busy trying to build our marriage, our relationship based on somebody else's specifications. Well, they're loving them like this. They got this house there. They're taking this vacation here, not knowing that vacation was five years ago. They just dripping their pictures from five years ago. <laughs> you looking at your husband like, why don't you got a Lambo? Not knowing the guy leaning on it, like leaned on it in a quick second. The guy's like, yo, get off my car. And they ran away. You have to build your life to the specification of what God has called you to build. You have to understand your win. Identify your win for this season. Identify what is a win for you. For me, when we stepped out into coaching and business, my win was just to provide for my family. That was a massive win for your boy. And I won. And other people were doing what they were doing, but I understood my specifications. Do you know yours? If you keep comparing your life, your marriage, your destiny, your future, your business to somebody else's specifications, you're going to drown when the storm comes. But this is it. This is it. This is it. I want to skip down to this part because it's important to understand something. Is that your agony is your opportunity to know God in a way that most people won't. Your agony is an opportunity for you to know God in a way that most people won't. What does that mean? That means that you're going to truly know God as your healer because you allow him to heal your heart. You're going to know him as your provider because you watched him provide for your life. You're going to know him as a way maker because he made a way in your life like never before. You're going to know him as a God that covers all. You're going to know him as Jehovah Shalom, your peace. You're going to know him as Rapha, your healer. Why? Because he's going to give you the opportunity to experience him in that capacity when you're in your storm. But this is the thing that blew my mind. Jesus gets up, rebukes the wind and the waves. And then he rebukes the disciples. He rebukes Peter. And I said, God, why you do my man like that? He was afraid. And the first thing I realized is that Peter forgot about the power of Jesus' presence. Because he had become too addicted to his performance. Jesus forgot about the power. I mean, Peter forgot about the power of Jesus' presence. Because Peter was too addicted to Jesus' performance. In other words, Peter only knew that God was with him when he saw a miracle. He forgot that if Jesus was in the boat, that's all he needed. If Jesus was in his life, that's all he needed. If Jesus was in his business, that was all he needed. Let me tell you something. God brought this chocolate brother your way to tell you that when the storms are around you, you got to remember who's in your boat. You got to remember who's in your marriage. You got to remember who's in your business. You got to remember who's in your kids. Oh my God, I want you to catch this. Remember who's in your boat. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Jesus is in your boat. This is the man who walked on water. Why would he drown from it? I'll tell you why. 
Because when storms come, the enemy has a way of magnifying and amplifying the storm to make it worse than it really is. Because if the storm was really that bad, the water would have woke up Jesus. The water would have woke up Jesus. If it was really that bad, the water would have made Jesus panic. But if you look at your father in the middle of your storm, if he's not panicking, you better not panic. If his eyes aren't bucked, you better not buck your eyes because no eye can see, no mind can know, no ear has heard what God has in store for your life because greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. Jesus is asleep on the boat in the storm. He's asleep in the storm of your marriage because it's not that bad. But let me tell you why it seems bad. Because the enemy is amplifying it because he knows that he can't derail you in the storm because the storm can't stop you because of who's in your boat. But your fear can. So if I can get you to have fear, and I can get you to believe the worst case scenario, and I can get you to believe that God's not for you, and I can get you to believe that God can't heal you, and if I can get you to believe that it's the worst thing ever, he's amplifying the noise in your ear and you keep listening to him. But if you can look and see the change that God is doing in your relationship, seeing the change that God is doing in your business, seeing the change that God is doing in your life, it's proof that the storm is a lie. Because the storm didn't come to drown you. It came to introduce you. God said inside of you are seeds of greatness. And what you keep saying is God burying you was God actually putting you in a position that you're being planted. And you can't have a growth spurt unless the rain comes on your life. You can't have a growth spurt in your marriage unless rain comes on your life. You can't have a growth spurt in your business unless rain comes on your life. Why? Because the storm did not come to drown you. It came to introduce you. Just ask David. The giant that he was facing was the introduction to his promotion. Had there not been a giant, Saul would not know David. And some of you are so frustrated because of the storms, not knowing there are couples who need to know that you can get through a hard season because God was in your boat. There's business owners that need to know that you can be an entrepreneur and stand for righteousness and you don't have to bend, you don't have to be dirty, you don't have to manipulate, and God will bless your hand. But you got to remember who's on your boat. Because here's my last and final thing. The storm was just a controlled test to see if you could stay steady in the storm. See, when you're in the storm, you got to stay steady. When you're in the storm, you can't lose your grip. When you're in the storm, you can't give up power because God, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, where is your faith? In other words, I've given you everything you need inside of you to operate with power and authority. But you're acting like you ain't got no power. The Bible says, but you shall receive And some of us are waiting for somebody else to rebuke the storm in our life when God says, I've given you the ability to do it. 
I gotta, I, I know I'm cutting into lunch, but I gotta drill this. Stop waiting for you to have a certain experience before you start rebuking the storms. Stop waiting until somebody gives you permission before you start rebuking the storms. Speak to that voice in your head that is opposite of God and say, shut up. Look at your business and say, you will flourish in Jesus' name. Lay your hands on your kids and say, the destiny and the favor of God surrounds you like a shield because we are more than conquerors. This moment in your life right now, everybody stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. This moment in your life comes to this culmination right now. You ready for it? I had one last verse, which is verse 26. And verse 26 says, And they made it to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. Now, if you read that, you would just ignore it. It wouldn't even really make any sense. Until you understand, they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, or gathering, which is across the lake from Galilee. What'd you say, Pastor John? The fact that they gave us verse 26 was proof and evidence that the storm tried to derail their life. But because Jesus was in their boat, they made it to the other side. Your marriage is going to make it to the other side. Your business is going to make it to the other side. Your kid is going to make it to the other side. Oh, my God. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. I see you, you're going to press and you're going to make it. You're making it to the other side. I hear the Spirit of the Lord telling me to tell you you're closer to there than you know. Dave and Lily, you're closer to there than you know. You're closer to there than you know. You've been in your struggle for a long time. Can I tell you something? It's always too early to give up. You're going to make it to the other side. Tonight, in the part two of this message, you're going to find out what the storm really means. Because the title of tonight's message is, it's an inside job. And after that, we're going to take the gloves all the way off, Pastor John. And we're going for it. I want everybody to lift your hands. Lift your hands in this whole place. Lift your hands. You, outside. The brown tan shirt. Yeah, you brother, I see you smiling. Yeah, point your go like this. Yeah, that's you. Yep. The Lord told me to tell you that what you thought was gonna be the end is him turning it around for your good. You felt like you missed out on some opportunities, and the Lord says you don't even know what I have in store for your life. 
He says you've been in a place of obscurity where you're like, man, is this all that I have? But God says, I've got something so big for you that you haven't even seen it. You, you're cool with playing the background, but God says in where you're at, I'm about to bring you to the forefront where people will look at your life and say, wasn't that so-and-so? And wasn't he here? And the Lord says, you will know my hand and watch me work within the next six months and watch what I do in your life. I want every man, hold on, ladies, put your hands down real quick. I want every man to lift your hands. There's been a season amongst men where you question whether or not you can be an adequate provider. And I'm not just talking monetarily, even though that's one of it, but it's spiritually, relationally, emotionally, and physically. And I'm telling you this, that God is turning the hearts of the sons and daughters back to the fathers. And I decree and I declare in this moment that there is a nurturing spirit that is going to come over you when you thought and you asked yourself, God, why can't I love them the way that it's normal to love them? God, why can't I shake the trauma that happened in my childhood? God, I want to be this man, but I don't know how to get there. I decree and I declare that the Holy Spirit is going to come in and talk to you and guide you and open doors in your businesses and open doors for promotions that you will not only provide just in a physical sense and monetarily, but you will operate in another love level that you have never operated before in in your life and it's going to bleed over into your marriage you're gonna to learn to love in a new capacity you're not done yet with the love that God has it's a greater increase in love a greater knowledge of love you're gonna know the unsaid words in your wife's heart so father I thank you right now that you're doing a revival amongst the men here at Center Point Church I thank you God that you're doing a revival within their lives and their businesses with their children right now and even the children that you thought you lost fathers God says, I will bring them back to you, thus saith the Lord, in Jesus' name. Ladies, I want you to lift your hands. Ladies, lift your hands. As a woman was created to multiply, God says, this will be the season of exponential multiplication in your life, ladies. Listen to what I'm telling you. A multiplying of ideas, a multiplying of your influence, a multiplying of your love tanks being fed, uh, filled up, a multiplying of you filling a love tank. The Lord says that what you thought was done, I'm not finished with it yet. There are babies that are inside of you women that have been waiting to be birthed. The jobs, the visions, the ministries that God has that you've laid aside, I want you to lift your hands right now because you're about to receive a divine impartation of a new seed in this season. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you would divinely deposit inside of every woman here a new sense of multiplication right now that God their dreams their vision their purpose their discernment the prophetic that will flow out of their mouths will be stronger than ever before I thank you God for a greater love and a softening of hearts as well and a trust that is going to be restored to know that Jesus is in your boat and when you step out to go take more territory, God says, I've already given you wherever you step your foot at. Oh, I see a vision. Listen to me, ladies. I know this sounds crazy, but I'm telling you what God is showing me. When you get home, I want you to grab a notebook and I want you to draw whatever that vision and that dream is. 
if it's you ministering in a country, if it's a ministry that you have, if it's a book that you have, it's a, if it's a home that you have. Here's what the word told uh, Joshua and told it to, to, to Moses and even Abraham. Told it to Abraham, wherever the soles of your feet touch, I will give it to you. And when you see that vision and you write it down and you stand on it, I want you to declare that I'm standing on the finished promise of God. That when your feet touch it, you ain't even got to be there physically. When you touch it, God is going to multiply your life like never before. In Jesus' name. I got one more group. I ain't going to forget about you. Teens and young adults, go ahead and lift your hands right now if you in here. I see the teens. Go ahead and lift your hand real quick. I got you. Teens and young adults. Young adults, it's like teenage years. Young adults is <laughs> your 40s, right? You get all the way up to your 40s. If you're in that area, you, I'll give you all grace today. <laughs> lift your hands. You're going to want to lift your hands for what the Lord just told me. Through this generation, he will release more multimillionaires for his kingdom than ever before. So, Father, I pray over every teen and young adult in this place, God-given witty ideas and inventions. I decree and I declare that God is going to do something massive in your life like never before. I decree and I declare that businesses are going to flood into your mind and God is going to give you divine influence with the right people at the right place at the right time. I come against every demonic spirit that would try to derail your destiny and your future and we speak failure to the assignment of the enemy. Father, let there be a greater love to lean into you than ever before. That this will be a generation here at Center Point that will spread like a virus and share the love of God and share the glory of God and share the abundance of God like never before it is done in Jesus name now everybody lift your hands father we thank you that every storm that we've ever faced has prepared us for where we're going next James said count it all joy when you come into various trials of all kinds knowing that it will increase your faith it'll build perseverance and character but at the end God you said that they would be complete and lacking in lacking in lacking in so I thank you God that they are lacking nothing in their life in Jesus mighty name and all my people alive say amen give God a shout of praise love you guys